This podcast is brought to you by Racing New South Wales, Sky Racing and Ingress. In light of current circumstances, Inglis has reconfigured the schedule of auctions for the remainder of 2020. Easter Round 2 is now programmed for Sunday, July the 5th and will be a live auction subject to conditions being deemed suitable by Inglis. This sale will cater for horses that have deferred from Easter Round 1 or lots that were passed in through Round 1. The English Melbourne Gold Sale has been rescheduled to run as a live auction on July the 12th and 13th at Oakland's circumstances permitting. The catalogue for this sale has been filled, but supplementary entries will be accepted. The English Chairman's Sale will proceed as a digital auction on May the 8th, while the English Broodmare and Weanling Sale will be split. Broodmares by digital auction on May the 10th Weanlings hopefully a live auction on July the 8th at Riverside. Inglis Scone Yearling Sale, a live auction on July 26. The Inglis Great Southern Sale, a live auction on July 14 to 15. And the Inglis Ready to Run will proceed as scheduled on October the 28th at Riverside. Inglis, doing their best in difficult times. Segment two with my special guest, Andrew Bensley, who shocked and surprised a lot of his friends and associates uh, when he indicated that he was going to leave the Sky Racing Network as of Anzac Day. Now, one other memory from that 1998 Ballarat Cup day. You were driving me back to Tullamarine Airport Mm. when a car pulled up alongside at a red light. Now, we looked across to see none other than the legendary Roy Higgins, who, after his retirement, ate and drank whatever took his fancy. Roy knew it was uh, you and I. He he wound down the passenger's side window, stuck his hands out of the car. In one hand, he had a meat pie, (laughs) and in the other hand, he had a can of VB and a very big smirk on his face. No, he was a he was a legend, uh, obviously in the riding ranks, uh, Roy Higgins. But the the broadcast ranks, and we know that he had uh, interest in buying horses and things like that uh, towards the end of his life too. No, look, uh, um, you look back, Tappy, and and uh, we've been in a very fortunate position, and I'm talking on my behalf to meet some of these people that. You know, as I say, growing up and listening to the radio and you heard, you know, the big Falu rain lover with uh, with Bert Bright or Bill and and um, and the colour of Roy Higgins and Harry White and those jockeys. Um, Harry, you know, uh, you know, th- these are people that uh, the majority of our podcasters probably haven't met Tappy, but I'd love them to, you know, like mm. they were just true characters. Harry is still alive, uh, doesn't live actually too far from me, but. Um, uh, Roy sadly is no longer with us, but they were blokes that where you could just stand there and you could actually just listen to them. They gave you so much in just a conversation. In 2005, a new racing television participant entered the market. Now, what did the commencement of TVN mean to Andrew Bensley? Well, it certainly um, there was. It was uh, when it did start in that year, Tappy. Uh, Greg Miles and I were at Warrnambool, um, and that date, 
that uh, Sky was concluding was on day one of the Warrnambool Carnival. So strangely enough, we covered day one and then that was it. Uh, TVN uh, started at Warrnambool on the Wednesday and uh, I remember Greg and I, uh, we went out uh, on the Tuesday night knowing that we weren't going to get, you know, weren't getting up Wednesday for work. When he, we went out and really enjoyed ourselves, Tappy, and I remember <laughs> staggering back to the motel and looking at Greg and we were still well enough to look at each other and go, it's been one hell of a ride, but I'm so sad that it's finished. You know, it um, it changed the it changed the way that um, uh, racing is broadcast. Um, you know, for Sky, fortunately, they have the New South Wales rights, but and there are thankfully there is Sky Racing one that people can watch every race on. Mm. Uh, but I think uh, talking, uh, I think it is so hard that we ask so many people to switch from one channel to the other. Um, I know that there is a lot of racing, but I still think that uh, if the racing industry is going to blossom, which I hope it continues to do, then I think we've got to, in this day, make things a lot easier for people to be able to gain access to it. That would be the only thing I'd say, Tappy, that it, mm. it changed the way that um, the people can watch it. In recent years, you've been hosting a show called Racing HQ from 9am weekdays on Sky Sports Radio with a much earlier start on Saturdays. The show is a constant flow of information for punters, supported by live interviews with jockeys, trainers, and uh, you name it. You've been right in your element, haven't you, with that show? No, look, I, I have, uh, Tappy. It, uh, I, I was fortunate enough because obviously I was working with Sky and it, there was a point where a good friend of ours, Rod Galagos, was was leaving, he was looking after the radio side of things and when Rod left, they, they um, were looking around for a person to oversee radio and that was uh, that was just a dream come true. I was fortunate enough to get that role. Uh, but in amongst that, I, I did the morning show um, and, and uh, to be interviewing and to be breaking news stories, um, I, I will say, Tappy, I, I haven't said it to too many, but um, when you do start getting a bit of a profile with breaking news, then you do feel the pressure. You do feel that every day you need to have a breaking news story. But I I will say with maturity and with, um, um, you know, uh, people saying, Andrew, you can't get a news story every day. You know, if you, Mm. if you can get a good one, well then it's a good one, but you can't be making it up. And I, I I got used to that. And I, I go back to your original question, Tappy, of how in the hell am I going to get through when I do finish with Sky after Anzac Day, I think maturity is probably going to help me, Tappy, that I, I, you know, I will be able to do it because um, I'll train myself to do it. But uh, don't worry, if I can still find a good story out there, Tappy, I'll be putting it on Twitter <laughs> or something anyway. Of course you will. <laughs> it's well known that uh, jockeys and trainers, owners, stewards, track managers are all happy to talk to Andrew Bensley. You've had their respect all the way through. Now, why? Why is this, in your well, opinion? Well, I can only say, Tappy, that I think that uh, they've obviously got to know me over a long period of life, and I uh, I hope that they all deem that I'm uh, very trustworthy. Um, the, the covering of sport and racing as I do has changed so much. Uh, the social media aspect now, uh, Tappy, for the first... Oh, I'm going to say 
12, 13, 14 years of life at Sky and, and in getting breaking news stories, uh, I could get a story, say, at 6 o'clock at night and safely know that I couldn't I could sit on it until nine o'clock the next morning if I had the trust of the, the trainer or the jockey or the owner or whatever. Uh, but these days you can't because of social media. Someone gets a sniff of it. and you. Mm. So these days you've got to put it out on Twitter or uh, put it out on air straight away. Uh, but going back for the first 12 years or so, uh, you could sit and, and be patient with a good story, build on it, get the right material, the right people. Um, and I would say, Tappy, that I, I think I hopefully have a very strong reputation that I'm very trustworthy. Uh, if someone says don't mention it until a certain time, then I don't mention it until that time. And mm. I think people um, have have got to know me that uh, that's the way I operate. No, I, I don't. I don't make it up, and I I certainly don't uh, break any trust. No, trust has been the nucleus of the reputation you've enjoyed with thousands of bracing participants. Yeah, look, I, I Tappy, I, I, I am, um, I'm, I'm starting to get a little bit of emotion, Tappy. I've, I've got to get through this, but I, I will say um, it's going to be the one aspect come April 25 when I do finish at Sky that I, in the short term, will miss. Um, I'm already looking at ways of uh, maybe setting up a, a little booth at home that I'll be able to do some news for Twitter, that I'll be able to interview a trainer or two or a jockey or whatever. So that might give me some thrill over the short term. But I, I, I that's the one aspect that I will miss because I, I have so many people that I, I speak to regularly that have become friends because of that. Uh, and and they will remain friends because I will speak to them. But there are so many racing participants, Tappy, that I... I, I um that I will sadly miss. I I, uh, I really do love uh, everyone that I talk to to get news and to speak to them on air. You've been banned by a stable <laughs> on only one occasion in your long career, and it wasn't your fault. <laughs> now we think this happened before Lonro ran in the two thousand and three Cox Plate, in which he finished third. Now, you were wrongly accused in this case. Yeah, look, I, 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 um, uh, you haven't got to the question of asking me uh, what I can remember. In this. I, I struggle to remember past. I, my brain is attuned to look forward because of the news aspect, I think, John. But I, I struggle to re remember things uh, in the past. But I certainly remember uh, this one at Mooney Valley. Uh, Sky, was, um, Sky was covering it. Um, uh, I interviewed, I'd been told that uh, the Hawks horse had been there for a, a look around, nothing too serious, but a look around. During uh, the week. During the week. In Early the leader. in the week, yeah. Early in the week, yeah. And mm. um, so so I was on air. Uh, Wayne Hawks walked up. We were live on air, so I had no time to say I'm going to ask you this. So I've asked Wayne and, and um, Wayne said, no, no, the horse hasn't been here. I don't know what you mean? And I said, oh, well, I, I tried again. He said, no, definitely not. So he walked off and um, he wasn't too happy with me. And I I, uh, I, I found out why in the, in the future, because I we were at uh, Flemington the week after and uh, I got called into the stewards room by uh, then chairman of uh, stewards, uh, Des Gleeson. And he asked me how, what had happened. And I'm thinking, this is something that I don't want to be doing. I'm not. I'm, I don't like <laughs> coming into the stewards' room. Mm -hmm. uh, so um, next thing, the Hawks have been fined, and uh, they banned me for 
12 months pretty well. And I uh, I thought this is just a blew out of all proportion for something yeah. that uh, was just a line. It was just um, – it was silly, silly. And it ended up what had happened is Mooney Valley had told me mm. uh, but didn't tell me not to report it. So I just took it that uh, it was just an, an, an item knowledge. that I – yeah, I could I could use somewhere, mm. but uh, unbeknownst, they told Hawks Racing not to mention that they'd been there. So yeah. that is why Wayne said no, we hadn't been there. But I will say it was the start of something that Mooney Valley started tapping from that uh, from that time on. That they now let all the media know when horses are going there for gallop. So if I if mm. I could take some sport of small positive out of that tappy, it's that that we yeah. now know when horses go there. But at the time. Uh, it was, um, yeah, it was awkward. I, I uh, um, John, Michael and Wayne uh, just have made the decision that, uh, um, you know, they felt that I'd done the wrong thing and they wanted to show that I'd done the wrong thing. But yep. fortunately now I can I can uh, ring them and have a chat about most things. Mm. So they simply didn't want people to think they were getting preferential treatment by yeah. allowing that horse to gallop at Mooney Valley, which is not a training track. No, it isn't. No, look, uh, horses go there um, if it's a Saturday. There's, you know, horses go there on a Tuesday or a, a, if it's a Friday night meeting, they go there on a Monday and they gallop in preparation for their races, getting used to the track and the big grandstand coming around the straight and things like that. But, um, mm. yeah, look, it was it was just something that uh, was blown out of all proportion. Um, and in, as I say, in the end, Hawks has uh, got fined uh, – uh, for for um, I think it was bringing racing into disrepute or something like that. It was just mm. silly, Tappy. If you look back and you think, how in the hell did that happen? Yep, overblown. Yeah, yeah. Now, Andrew, you've spent many, many years interviewing trainers and jockeys, getting them to talk about the merits of horses and fellow horsemen, but we've never heard your thoughts on horses and horsemen. And, this is a, a perfect time for me to ask you about uh, your favourite horses, favourite jockeys, favourite trainers, and it's difficult because uh, you don't want to leave anybody out, you don't want to <laughs> offend anybody, but I think everybody will understand that you must have developed uh, in your heart admiration uh, for horses, jockeys and trainers. Look, I, I love from a jockey front, I love watching a jockey that, looks natural to a horse tappy that um, they can be down in the saddle pushing the horse out and they look as one you know I, I, I think there's nothing better than watching that um, uh, but on the other side of that I look at Patrick Payne who's now a trainer in his own right but you look back when he was riding northerly and those sort of horses mm. for his height and his weight mm. Patrick did a a remarkable job to be able to maintain at a top level the way that he did ride a horse. Mm. Uh, you look at, um, I look at Greg Childs, how, how he fitted around a horse. Mm. Uh, I look at Damien Oliver, but on the other side of the coin, Tappy, I look at Greg Ryan and Robert Thompson. You know, mm. they, 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 I look at them because of the amount of Ks that they've travelled to be a rider. To, to to love what they do like I love doing what I've done in radio. You know, like mm. they they st they continue to do it. They're not doing as much Ks as what they did in their prime, 
but mm. they still love getting up in the morning and going to the races and riding horses. I, I admire Greg and, and RT because um, of that fact that they've been able to maintain uh, a level for such a long time. Mm. Favourite horses. I think you're a superimposed fan. I am. I, I love super. Um, I was. I did a story a few years ago at Channel 9 uh, when I was there a long time ago now, Tappy, but um, I remember going to the owner's property uh, up on the border near Echuca, and uh, we did a story up there, and I got a photo taken with Super, and um, I, I look back at the finishes that he's got and the calls from you, Tappy, uh, of, uh, of Super diving between horses up the inside uh, to score remarkable wins. Uh, there's nothing like watching a horse finish at the speed at the highest level of their race, uh, putting everything into into their finish under the guidance of their jockey. Um Maccabi Diva was one that um, it's been sad that we haven't seen her throw a good horse because mm. I would have loved her family to roll on the name of Maccabi Diva uh, because to win, you know, three Melbourne Cups, but to win that Cox Plate that she did when everyone was against her in the race, you know, suddenly she's eight, eight wide and trying to win a Cox Plate again. I mean, she was at her peak. And the Freedman Racing Team to to maintain the level of what David Hall had done originally, but to take her to the level that she was, she was an out and out star in my time. We've been very fortunate in my time, Tappy, to have the mayors of Sunline. I remember being in Hong Kong, standing beside Claire Bird uh, on a day that Sunline was there racing and scored one of the most tightest wins of her career mm. in beating Fairy King Prawn. Yeah, and Claire and I hugging and 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 uh, kissing each other, thinking, "How good's mm. this? We're on top of the world!" You know, it was just remarkable to be there. Uh, we've we've been in the last thirty to forty years, Tappy. We've had some remarkable race mares. Now, Andrew, uh, very quickly, your favourite yep. trainers. Before we pay tribute to the best filly in your lifetime. I wonder when you were going to get to her. I thought you'd nearly <laughs> forgotten about her. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, um, I love the, the Hayes family. Uh, Colin, uh, he was just uh, a fantastic a person, a fantastic trainer who has passed on that to Peter uh, and to David. Mm. And now David is passing it on to, to Ben uh, and to Tom, you know, Tom Dabernick and, and the other team. I, I, I love that family. Colin was the one that set it up, but David and Peter, Peter, we sadly lost um, um, a few years ago, but David has been able to maintain it through his family and, and set up his new base in, in Victoria. Uh, they, uh, they are just a true racing family that they've been able to stay at the top for a very, very long time. Day one of the championships had everything but a crowd. A few brilliant performances, a few disappointing ones. Hugh Bowman's ride contributed largely to the win of King's legacy in the Sire's produce. The Kiwi Connection struck again with Quick Thinker's gutsy win in the Derby. Nature Strip was awesome in the TJ Smith, while the Doncaster produced a fairy tale result for the ill-tempered mare Natoya, for trainer Wendy Roach and jockey James Innes Jr. All being well, day two will go ahead on Saturday the 11th 
with the Longines Queen Elizabeth Stakes, supported by the Swept Sydney Cup, the Australian Oaks and the Coolmore Legacy Stakes. The championships continue on Saturday, April 11, with all the action on Sky One, Sky Thoroughbred Central and Sky Sports Radio. Now, we can't possibly close this interview (laughs) without paying tribute to the woman who has learned to live with the opposition that comes from your mobile phone (laughs) and a million incoming and outgoing calls. Now, the 19th century Bernadette was officially declared a saint by Pope Pius in 1933 (laughs) and I have no doubt that your Bernadette should be canonised. She should be for everything that she's been through uh, with me and and work. uh, um, Fortunately, Tappy, she, uh, you know, we've had two boys, uh, Hayden and uh, the eldest boy, Kieran. Um, For the first portion of their life, uh, she was there um, uh, because I was out. I was out working and uh, I know many of us in racing with kids uh, look back and think, gee, I'd love my time over again. But uh hopefully I've done uh, our bit to set them up um that they they um you know they've, they've they've got their own lives now and and uh uh but for Bernie she's always been there like any uh, uh any wife that uh, you fall in love with you I, f- I I first mentioned her or first saw a tappy in the corridors of 3DB that we spoke about much earlier mm. uh, the first time I saw her I thought Gee, you are a nice girl, if I can say it in a nice manner. And I was, I was <laughs> there looking at her, thinking, "Gee, you are nice." And fortunately, um, you know, we um, we've been together uh, for most times ever since Tappy. And um, uh, but uh, yeah, no, it's uh, uh, she. She's there, and she's always there. Whether you you walk through the front door, whether you've had a shocker or whether you've had a good one. <laughs> There, uh, she's always there uh, um, and understanding of what I've done. I saw your beautiful Bernie one night at a racing function in Melbourne. <laughs> I'm not yeah. even sure that you were there on the night. Mm. And after the show, I went along to say hello to her and I asked her a simple question. I said, Bernie, how do you put up with him? <laughs> <laughs> and you know what she said? No. She said, I've got it down to a fine art, John. I feed him, I water him, and I point him in the right direction. <laughs> <laughs> well, she, she does feed me. She, uh, she looks after me on that front because I can tell you that's one thing I can't do. I can't hammer in a nail and I'm no cook. <laughs> Or chef, as they call them in the modern days, I can't. Uh, I can't do too much. I can. I can uh, put a piece of toast in a piece of bread to make it toast, but that's about it, Tappy. Uh, <laughs> but uh, but no, she's done a good job on that front, as most people uh, will see me and think, "Gee, you, you're a good doer." Uh, but uh, no, look, um, uh, I remember Mum, my Mum, meeting uh, Bernie, and they become close friends for uh, until Mum passed away, and. And uh, I think that the good lever sometimes is your mum because they know what's best for their son or daughter and, uh, and mum certainly loved Bernie and uh, 
um, you know, whatever the next portion is, uh, you know, she works uh, uh, at a local um, place here where we live and uh, she'll continue to do that and I'll probably have to be forced to clean up at home, uh, Tappy. I'll have to get the broom out and <laughs> learn, a, learn a few of these things. Bernie often says to me in the last couple of weeks, you're going to have to learn to cook because if you're sitting at home doing nothing through the day, I want a meal on the table when I get home. Uh, Tappy, I'm going to have to just go and get someone to cook it for me and then make sure it's here by the time <laughs> Bernie gets home. But uh, no, she's a, she's um, she's been an incredible part of what I've been able to do. You remind me of a little story concerning Malcolm Johnston. Uh, he moved out onto a little property out near Windsor many years ago and for the first time in his life he had some uh, you know, some upkeep of a property to look after. And I said, how do you go at this caper in the mechanical sense? Yep. He said, mate, I can't start a whippy snipper. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, I, well I, I, I can start one of those because I do love my um, – my grass out the back is probably my 25 minutes of – every week or every couple of weeks, depending on the time of the year. I love getting out and mowing the lawn because it does give me that time, a break of leaving the phone inside and uh, and not thinking about what I thought about for the, the, the previous 12 hours of the day. So, mm. no, look, I, I do love uh, mowing the lawn, cutting the grass, uh, cutting a few trees, but get me inside in the kitchen and uh, hands up, uh, I've got no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> Absolutely useless. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I can't criticise you for saying it, Tappy, because no, you're right. It's it's very accurate. <laughs> well, Hosh, you've ridden a happy trail. You've been a straight shooter for all of your 40 years in the business, especially the last 21 with Sky. You've helped a hell of a lot of people along the way, mate, including me. Thank you so much for your friendship and your assistance and congratulations on a magnificent career. Tappy, uh, I appreciate your very kind words. Um, uh, I've known you for uh, for a good portion, and I I, uh, I say that um, that is a privilege to know you and and the people that I've met along the way. As I said at the start, uh, this is not a retirement. Uh, at some point, um, uh, whether it uh, be you know uh, in twenty twenty or whether it's the twenty twenty one, there'll be a time when I'll definitely be heard and hopefully seen again if I can get the right opportunity. But uh, you know, if, if people that have downloaded these podcasts, I hope that you've most sincerely got something out of it. I uh, hope I haven't been too boring. Uh, it's been one hell of a, a ride. Uh, the time at Sky, uh, the the people that I've worked with, uh, I feel very privileged to have done what I've done at Sky. It's made me hopefully into a, a really good person, a, per, a person that people can trust. And um, uh, social media in the short term, Tappy, at Andrew Bensley, like John Tapps on Twitter. If Tappy's on Twitter, then I've got to be on Twitter. But you can, <laughs> uh, you, you can follow a bit of news on that as well. And uh, that'll be the short term into something uh, in the future. Lovely to have you on the podcast, Ben's, a podcast produced by Supernova Sound. This podcast is brought to you by Racing New South Wales, Sky Racing and Ingress.